This hour of gameplay is brought to you by FanDuel. Bet on all your favorite teams on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. You're listening to Gameplay with Matthew Cause on TSN 1050. Embrace the odds. I want winners. Today is one of those days where we just have way too much to talk about and not enough time. We could do two hours on just preview on the Raptors taking on the Utah Jazz and, of course, the Leafs taking on the Bruins. And the Leafs Bruins would, of course, be the number one story, but there is some big symbolic things about Raptors taking on a Utah team that was supposed to be tanking and yet has had a really good season. And if you go on FanDuel, you'll see that Utah is the favorite tonight. You could just do that. Then you could then get into, oh, wait a minute, Sean Payton is a Denver Bronco? They gave up what to get him? You could do an hour on that. You could just make fun of Russell Wilson. The Houston Texans go and get their new coach, D'Amico Ryans. And that one seems to make a lot of sense, but D'Amico Ryans, let me tell you right now, uh, this is a team of the Houston Texans that's had three coaches in the last 46 games, so be careful there. It's a trap! Yeah, it absolutely is. Admiral Akbar is 100% correct. But then we found out this morning that the greatest to ever get her done has retired, and that is the subject of today's opening thought. Time now for Matt's opening thought. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I break your concentration? I mean, it's really nothing more than a self-absorbed monologue, a chance for Matt to rant about something and pretend he's a serious radio personality instead of a gas bag. Let's face it, he stole this idea from Dennis Miller. Now, I don't want to get off on a rant here. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore! Well, it finally happened. Tom Brady has retired. He, he announced it this morning on his own Twitter account. And for those of you who didn't hear it, here is Tom Brady on his own, on a beach. Here is his retirement message. Good morning, guys. I'll get to the point right away. I'm retiring for good. I know the process uh, was a pretty big deal last time. So when I woke up this morning, I figured I'd just press record and let you guys know first. So I won't be long-winded. You only get one super emotional retirement essay and i used mine up last year so i uh, really thank you guys so much to every single one of you for supporting me my family my friends my teammates my competitors uh, i could go on forever there's too many um thank you guys for allowing me to live my absolute dream i wouldn't change a thing love you all it was a really good retirement message because it, it had self-deprecating off the top. Like, yeah, you'd already used up my one chance. And you could tell it wasn't overly produced. You could hear, like, planes and wind in the background. So he didn't get an entire production team to help him out with it. And just him on his own. Hey, you go for a long walk on the beach. That's when you do your best thinking is when you're on the beach. And you see, in some ways, <laughs> this might sound weird. Is there a more boring athlete than Tom Brady? Because all he does, all he ever did was win. I mean, my God, the man had you know, more playoff wins than 28 other NFL franchises. 
He never really had a slump. He never aged the way every other athlete does beyond LeBron James. Since he was 38, he's got more passing yards than Jim Kelly, Steve Young, and Troy Aikman while winning lots of Super Bowls. This was his worst season, and he still set an NFL record for completions and and had a top-five yardage season for him. What was Brady's biggest controversy? I'm sorry if Deflategate never really interests me. Was it that he got divorced? Something that happens to nearly 50% of all married couples? Sorry to the married people out there. Um, There is a thousand different statistics I can use to explain how great Brady was. But instead, I'll just go with this. Brady is boring because there is no debate about who the greatest football player of all time is. How much fun is that? We love debate. We live off debate. We need debate. We crave it. I mean, baseball, my lord, you go Babe Ruth, you go Barry Bonds, you go Hank Aaron, uh, you know, maybe you throw someone else out there. It's a long list. Hockey, you got a classic. Mario versus Gretzky. Yep, some people want to throw in Gordie Howe or Bobby Hall, fine. Basketball, it's LeBron versus Jordan. The hipsters will get Bill Russell, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Cool. But in football, you don't have this debate. That debate was settled. It was settled ages ago. Settled back when the Patriots were down 28-3 to with just over two minutes to go in the third quarter of the Super Bowl against Atlanta. By the way, for me, my shutout game to him a couple years before that, 35-31 divisional playoff win over a very good Ravens team. On that day, the Patriots, their defense was lousy. They allowed 428 yards. Their running game was non-existent. They got seven carries from running backs and wideouts. For 14 yards. I think I think New England only ran the ball once in the second half and they still won. But big picture, Brady renders sports debate about him. He renders it useless. He treats sports debates about his legacy like he treated the AFC East. He beats it up to the point where no one has a chance. From a sports betting angle, I mean, there's many ways we could glorify the great Tom Brady. Last year, Tampa on FanDuel was 25-1 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. Then Brady unretired, and it went to 8-1. to 1. This is a man with more against the spread covers than the Panthers, Jags, or Texans have franchise wins. In two decades, the man has never entered the regular season with odds higher than, like, 12-1 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. Moving on from gambling, I always enjoy the historic nature of his career. His first start, they beat the Colts 44-13 in Foxborough on September 30th, 2001. On Brady's first play, he got sacked. They had to punt. He was 13 of 23 for 168 yards. And let's go back to that time when he made his first start. Top show was Friends. Friends ended in May of 2004. Since Friends ended... Brady's thrown the ball for more than 70,000 yards. A couple weeks after that first win over the Colts, the first Harry Potter movie came out. He lasted longer than that entire film series. They made eight movies. Brady made it to ten Super Bowls. Do you know that when he started, and this sort of speaks to how no one could see it coming from Tom Brady, when his rookie season, the second year in the league, 
The Patriots didn't even have his name, or excuse me, on EA Sports, the Patriots roster didn't even have Tom Brady, just had QB. So if you were playing John Madden football with the 01 Patriots, Brady didn't have a name. His first Pro Bowl was 2002. He played with Brett Favre, Rich Gannon, Cordell Stewart, Kurt Warner, Jeff Garcia, Donovan McNabb. Every LeBron James point, every Alexander Ovechkin goal, every Michael Phelps gold medal, all of them happened ever since Brady's first Super Bowl. Maybe the only debate left, greatest team sports athlete of the last 50 years. Is it Brady? Is it Gretzky? Is it Jordan? It's hard as each sport is so different. And, you know, which each athlete means to his team with each sport is different in hockey. That isn't basketball. That isn't football. But it is kind of hard to go against the guy who's played in 18% of all Super Bowls, owns every passing record, and never had a losing season as a starter until this last year. Damn, Brady, for someone so boring, we're going to miss you. And that is my opening thought. I'm finished. Which brings me to this question. I'll uh, I'll bring it to you, Nick. Um, are you going to miss Tom Brady? I mean, any football fan, is they have to say yes. Um, they don't have to. If you're a Dolphins fan, you're a Jets <laughs> fan, you're a Bills fan. I could see you say no. I'm just saying in general, if you're just a fan of football, because uh, I'm saying miss, yes. Yeah, I'm going to miss not having Tom Brady part of my life, part of my football life. He's always part of a conversation, and him on Monday night, Sunday night, Thursday night, the game feels more special. Yeah, that's now going to end as it's now Kyle Trask and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah, that's a that's a pretty big drop off. Um... <laughs> Just, just throwing that yes, out it there. Is. Um, <laughs> it's funny because, like, we talk about Brady and we talk about like some of the great quarterbacks that have played in the same time, right? Like, I, I don't think there was the same sort of feeling when Manning retired. Correct? Like, I don't not, think not everyone was as, as as upset. Um, and I, I can guarantee you, when Aaron Rodgers retires, there will be a lot of people that will be just saying, "Finally, no more of this." Uh, yes. Um, it's not the same with Tom Brady. I think. I personally think he played two years too long. I've, I've said that for a while. But at the same time, you can't really argue what he's been able to do in the past two years. He ha- He's put up the numbers that show that he was still a NFL, a high-quality NFL quarterback. So I can sit here all day and say, oh, yeah, like I, I think he should have retired two years ago when they won the Super Bowl. But really doesn't matter because he's proved everybody wrong every year that he's played. Two years ago... He his final pass was like a sixty yarder to Mike Evans beating Jalen Ramsey as the Bucks tied the Rams. Now Stafford would take the Rams down the field and get the winning field goal. Um and that year he finished second in MVP voting. Tom Brady did. He led the NFL in passing yards, passing touchdowns, uh attempts, completions yards per game it was incredible this last year if you just looked at his numbers and i know his play was down but 4700 yards 25 touchdowns nine nine interceptions but the team was eight nine i i will say this about brady and and yeah he looked lousy uh in the playoff loss to dallas but go back to week 17 tampa was down to carolina and listen Beating Carolina is not exactly 
a um, you're not going to get any gold medals for beating the Panthers. You're not putting a feather in your hat for that win, no. Yeah, you're not, you're not bragging about that one, but that was for the division, a lousy division nonetheless, but the division. He threw for 432 yards and three touchdowns in that game. You know, and this was after coming off a stinky win over Arizona and bad losses against San Fran and Cincinnati. So even in his last, last year, for a guy who's, you know, 45 years old, to do what he did in a quote-unquote down year was still pretty damn amazing. Oh, it was incredible. And to watch him pick apart defenses every year that he's been in the league has just been a pleasure to watch. Yeah, that's. I think that's the easiest way. It's been a pleasure to watch him play the game. And then also, Brady makes you feel old because um, I hate doing this with any of my producers. You're the one I least feel bad about this because you're the oldest. But I'm not the oldest. But good effort. Wait, wait, wait. Hold, okay. Well, we know it's not Josh. Oh, is Horvat older than Horvat you? is older than I, uh, me, yes. I just act okay, older than okay. him sometimes. That's true. I wish Horvat was here right now <laughs> for this next sentence. But where, what was going on in the life of, of Nick McVicker when Tom Brady made his first start beating the Colts? What year was that again? Just to make sure I have the right time. 2001. 2001. Um, yes. I was winning my family's um, football pool that year. How old were you? I was six. So you were going into grade one when Tom Brady made his first start. Yes. There you go. Um, I was and again. I, I won. Yeah. The, I won the football pool that year. Okay. How? Okay. You brought it up twice, so let's get into it. How <laughs> the hell did you win the? How the hell did you win the football pool? Like any four-year-old w- winning football pools, I picked based off the mm. team name and colors. There you go. I, the way, I thought so- the Bears were gonna beat. The Dolphins. I thought they were a scarier mascot, or I liked purple, or whatever. Like, whatever it was, I went off colors and team names. That's that's how I, I nailed that year. Well, I would have uh, had a better record the first half of this NFL season if I was uh, doing it by that. By the way, in 2001, <laughs> picking the Bears would have been a good choice. They did go 13-3 and three that year. That was uh, that defense with, like, Brian Urlacher and... Uh, Oh, they were they were amazing. That team was great, and I'm a Packer fan, and I can say that they were good. Yeah, they were good on defense. Their quarterbacks were Shane Matthews, Jim Miller, and Danny Warfel. Woof, God! By the way, what what hasn't changed since when Brady started to when Brady ended? The The Bears Bears still still don't have a quarterback. (laughs) They still don't have a quarterback. They still don't have an offense. Brady started with them not having an offense. Brady ended where now there's, you know, I saw the speculation that the Bears would look to trade the number one pick in the overall draft. They're happy with Justin Fields. We'll see a couple years from now. I mean, he he looked good this year, other than the fact they had no weapons for him to throw the ball to. He looked good. Yeah, he looked fine. He he ran the ball well. Um, They still still lost lots and lots of games. They were awful. They were awful. They were. I uh, I only bring it up because the media loves Justin Fields. So when I sense that the media all loves one guy, then I, I always get a little bit nervous. You know, it's that's fair. why sometimes I want. It's why I want to give Kirk Cousins a hug every now and then. <laughs> all right. On uh, on the other side, I mean, we can go back to. We got so much more football. We got so much more football, but also we got to get into. We'll say we got Ryan Harris. Love Ryan Harris. 
uh, is going to join the show, a former Bronco, uh, and won a Super Bowl with the team with Peyton Manning. Actually, uh, his team beat uh, Tom Brady's team twice that year, so he'll join us at 2.30. But on the other side, let's look ahead to the Leafs and the Raptors and a couple of bets that I like, uh, all courtesy of FanDuel, as this show is brought to you by FanDuel. Bet on all your favorite teams on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. We look ahead to the Toronto teams playing tonight next. Welcome back, everybody. This is Gameplay. I'm your host, Matthew Cause. Normally, we would spend the show going heavy on the Leafs taking on the Bruins, a game you can listen to right here on TSN 1050 at 7 o'clock. But just all the Brady news, all the coaching news, the Sean Payton going to the Broncos. So we'll get into that with former offensive lineman with the Broncos, Ryan Harris. He'll join the show in about 10 minutes' time. I think it is fair to say I'm going to go down the land of Captain Obvious. If the Leafs think they have a chance of catching Boston, this is a must-win game. They play Boston tonight. It's, the I think, basically like the final game before the NHL goes on their mini-little hiatus and the All-Star game is this weekend. And then these teams play again in early April. But Boston has lost three in a row I, I don't know about you guys listening. To me, it's a bit of a nothing burger. They had a hard-fought loss on the road to Tampa. They got a point two nights later in Florida, and then they lose to Carolina 4-1, but that was their third game in four days. So I, I, I do not um, – I don't look at this three-game losing string and go, uh-oh, Boston is at all vulnerable, but if the Leafs – have any idea any designs that they may be able to catch or threaten Boston this is a must win game yeah i would agree with you there maddie like if they want to catch boston which is a very questionable thing if they could even do that at this point oh god yeah yeah right they would have to win this game i use this game more as a all right let's play a good game against this team let's try to get a good mental space cuz if we want to win the eastern conference we are going to have to play this team at some point. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. So you have to go through them. Get good Get good mental headspace around this team. Don't go into it scared like we've gone in in past years where the, the voodoo doll is always above us, hiding and, and scaring everybody. Go in with a good mindset that we've played them well this year. And the last game, they lose 4-3. It's just some ugly turnovers in that one. But since Where they played good for, what, 45, 50 minutes? Yeah, yeah. And then, but then just some dumb turnovers. But then, hey, they responded after that. Since they lost to Boston on the 14th, there's only been one game, that Ottawa game, uh, and just what was going on with Murray. Every other game since, they've either won or collected one point, like they did in that overtime loss to Montreal. I was going to say, that was not a good game either. But I, I get not, what you mean. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They got at least one point. Um, I, In terms of betting for tonight's game, oof. You know, I, I'm leaning towards Boston at minus 134 on uh, on on FanDuel just because they've now had a couple days off. They've had a little time to rest. So I'm kind of leaning to the word, the Bruins. But what do, you, what do you think about this? This is my emotional hedge bet of the night. I am betting Brad Marchand to score. He always seems to produce against the Maple Leafs, but him to score on FanDuel is plus 190. So if he doesn't score, I'm happy. And if he does score, 
well, at the very least, a $5 bet, you're almost going to win 10 bucks. So what do you think about that, Nick? That's not a bad one. A good emotional hedge there, Matt, for sure. I, I like yeah. the number. Um, you had that. You had that as his anytime goal scoring opportunity. Yeah, anytime, correct? anytime. Yeah, 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 anytime goal, not first goal or something yeah. like that. Yeah, I like anytime goal. I like Nylander to score tonight as well. Uh-huh. Um, he, it's been well documented that when Matthews is out of the lineup, Nylander seems to produce at a much higher rate. So with Matthews being out of the lineup, with this being a big game, I feel like he's going to step up. Um, another one you could look at. What is? Uh, I got to find it to see if I can find it. But um, who are you looking for? I was looking for John Tavares points, and they have it at zero point five points. The over is minus one seventy six. One seventy six. Yeah, I mean, it's too easy almost. Yeah, that that one makes me a little bit nervous. I heard uh, Al's brother was talking about. Uh, Taken uh, over three and a half shots for uh, for John. Ooh, how Tavares. about this one though? I like this yeah. number a little bit better. John Tavares assists at plus one twenty five. Oh, so just uh, if he gets an assist, just uh, an assist. Uh, oh, I like that one a little bit better than the points. Oh, I do. Yeah, I like yeah. that. I like that one as well. Ab- absolutely, as the uh, the first line center for the Maple Leafs. As for the Raptors um, taking on the Utah Jazz, Utah is a three point favorite. And, I mean, the, the Utah Jazz... That was a perfect sound to make, by the way, for this game, Matty. Yeah. Uh. I, I, uh, well, I mean, go, like, think, like, this game today is the perfect example, at least from a betting perspective. And, you know, sometimes you could just use, even if you don't bet on sports, you could just use a betting statistic to tell you the bigger narrative of where two teams are. At the beginning of the year, the Raptors were, uh, you know, a team pegged to win at least 46 games. They were a favorite among a lot of the NBA gas baggery. The Utah Jazz were seen as the team that was going to have, that was going to challenge the Spurs and the Rockets for the worst record in the NBA. They traded away Gobert. They traded away Donovan Mitchell. It felt like they were going full rebuild, you know, with Danny Ainge taking over. Right now, Utah, and listen, they haven't played as well as they did early on in the season, but they're 26 and 26. They're, they're, they're ninth in, in the West. They're a game back of sixth. They're a game back of the Golden State Warriors. The Raptors, meanwhile, six games under 500. And if you had told me at the beginning of the year that on February 1st, the Raptors would be in Utah, and the Raptors would be the underdog, I would be shocked. I would have been shocked if you told me the Raptors would ever be an underdog to the Utah Jazz, but that's where we are today. Yeah, no, it's it's a weird spot, and like from a betting perspective, it's it's almost a weirder game as well. Like I, I don't know where you want to go from a betting perspective here, Maddie. Is yeah. there any is there anything that even jumps out to you? I have one. I got, I got, I, I got one as well. I got one as well. What is, what is yours? And I'll, uh, I'll so take my bet. I've I been bet. very impressed with Precious Achua over the last, y- I guess, yep. three weeks. He's played Absolutely. fantastic since that two game stint where he was the starter over the weekend games, and then he's been great since coming on and off the bench. His over for points and rebounds combined on Fanduel is twenty four and a half at minus one eighteen. Mm-hmm. I like that number at twenty five. He's hit it four times in his last five games combined. So yeah, I, I like the number. You, you have to pay a little juice, but 
it, it's almost pay, worth it. it put, you especially if you juice. put a parlay together. You throw that in the parlay as one of your options. It's a good spot. It, it is a good spot. Also, it's a good spot because no OG and Anobi, and that just means more usage. Um, it means more usage for Precious Achua. My bet that I like is I'm leaning towards Utah. Um, Walker Kessler, the rookie that they got, one of the players they got when Utah, with that high steal, sending Rudy Gobert to the Minnesota Timberwolves. Kessler, in his 15 starts, is averaging 10, 10, and 2 blocks. And he's doing that in just 26 minutes. So Not there's bad. a bet. Yeah, there's a bet you can find on FanDuel. Kessler with 10 rebounds and Utah to win at plus 285. So that is, of all the bets that I saw in the Raptors-Jazz game, that is my favorite. So Yeah, you not bad. One, and you can you also get, just get him plus 10 rebounds at plus 150. If you're not confident right. with who's going to win, you can get him at plus 150 for just 10 rebounds, which is nice too. There you go. On the other side, one of our favorites, Ryan Harris, Broncos analyst, former NFL offensive lineman. We will talk Brady. We will talk Super Bowl. And, of course, the new head coach, whose job it is, is to save Russell Wilson. We get into that next. TSN 1050 wants you to be our unofficial correspondent at the Waste Management Open in Arizona, and time is running out. So you got to listen to First Up for the rest of this week for the Daily Waste Management Keyword. If you hear it, be sure to tune into Overdrive that same day. When you hear the cue to call, you call us in studio. You know the number, 416-870-1050. The first caller through with the correct keyword for that day wins a $100 Golf Town gift card and qualifies for the grand prize draw. That grand prize includes airfare for two to Scottsdale, four-night hotel stay for two, two tickets to the Waste Management Open for the closing weekend, an additional $500 Golf Town gift card, a custom full bag fitting at Golf Town Studio X, and $500 cash to spend on the trip. First up with Karolnik and Koliakovo, we'll be calling our grand prize winner on Friday. Full contest details available at tsn1050.ca. So that is coming up soon. In fact, you only got like you got like a day or so. Come on. Get in there. Uh, joining us now, one of our favorites, an always incredibly thoughtful guest. I always learn a little bit about the game and just enjoy talking with him. A broadcaster with Denver, with the Broncos, former Super Bowl champ. It is Ryan Harris. Ryan, thanks so much for joining the show today. Matt, great to be with you, my friend. Yeah, so let's, you know what? Um, I was going to start with Sean Payton. I was going to talk about what the two weeks are leading up to the Super Bowl. But we'll, we'll start here. Your, your thoughts on the news. Uh, Tom Brady retiring. I love how he did it. Um, it's amazing, too. I think people are missing a lot how much athletes are starting to control their content, right? I mean, whether it's Deion Sanders or Tom Brady, I love the way he did it. Um, it was great to see emotion, too, from him. It is tough, man. I mean, when I retired, I did it on air uh, of the radio show I was on at the time, and I even got choked up. I mean, you talk about this is, as a kid, your dream. And for Tom Brady, he could still play. And when I retired, I could still play. So you know you're quitting for the first time. And it just the words don't sound like, hey, I'm quitting. They sound like, hey, I'm retiring. It's done. So I hope he finds happiness, and, and I hope his family is going to be great together still as well. So happy for him and just the greatest athlete in NFL history. I mean, such a fierce competitor. It was an honor to 
to beat some of the teams he was on, but also to just hear his voice on the field and hear him call out numbers because he likes the, the play calls, and he was just magnificent. And, and he made everybody in the NFL better, Matt. He's a 199th oh, yeah. pick. You want to walk, in, walk into your coach and say, hey, I wasn't a first-round pick. So he gave everybody who played the game hope as well. And he gave uh, every athlete who maybe doesn't have a ripped six-pack hope as well. Nothing better than the video. Of, <laughs> there's nothing better than Tom Brady at, uh, at, uh, during those workouts. Always, always funny. Hey, by the way, you're, when you went on to win Super Bowl 50, you beat Brady. Uh, your Broncos beat the Pats in the regular season, ended that AFC championship game that year as well. First time it had ever been done against a Bill Belichick Patriot team at that point and uh and it wasn't it wasn't for a lack of trying by tom brady he made some amazing <laughs> throws um but you know and you talk about you know he wasn't the biggest six-pack i mean that's good for kids to see these days right i mean any kid that asks me like what do i got to do to play football i say go listen to tom brady's interview with howard stern he talks about how at, at michigan he turned three reps into six reps and six reps into nine reps and then he was able to play and he did the same thing again and in this world of hey, I want to be paid, I want to be the best, look out, here I am. I mean, here's the ultimate champion, willing to work. And then the best thing about him, Matt, every teammate I had that played with him, he knows everybody's name. He went and introduced himself to people on their first day. I mean, bosses don't do that in many of the companies that we all work at. And and that's what made Tom Brady different as well. He knew that it didn't matter how good he was, his team had to be great, and his guys had to believe in him as a person in addition to the player. How important is that, uh, as a guy like yourself who's an offensive lineman, how important is that, was that for you as a position that, that you believed that the quarterback respected every member of the offense, including sometimes the grunts? Well, it's, it's, you're grateful because that's what it takes, right? I mean, one of the, I look at Geno Smith, who had a fantastic regular season this year, and my biggest issue with him is his, his leadership on the field. I mean, a guy misses a throw and he's, screaming at the guy, come on, come on. And, and you can do that, but you remember Tom Brady does that coming back to the huddle, and he says things like, let's go, let's go, because he knows that that guy is capable. And then he'll throw him the ball again, right? So you're grateful because as a lineman or a tight end or the receiver not getting the ball, you know that Tom Brady still understands how much you're important to the game. And leaders everywhere could take a page of, of Tom Brady's book that way and need to. We are joined by Ryan Harris, former Super Bowl champ broadcaster in Denver. And I'm curious for this. What, and we'll get to Sean Payton in a second, but what is this week like for you as players? For you, Denver beat the Patriots on January 24th. The Super Bowl was still two weeks away. What is this week like for the Chiefs and the Eagles? Well, it's ter- it's terrifying and awesome, right? Because one. Ah. You're ecstatic. And you heard a lot of players say after the championship game, say, we're going to enjoy this one. Because you do. You get to enjoy it, right? For, for a split second, you're not focused on the other team. You're just with your guys. You're saying, we, you know, we made it to the Super Bowl. And then now it's incredibly difficult. And it's terrifying because, one, you know, like I had 200 ticket requests when we, when we went to the Super Bowl. I didn't know 200 people that year, right? And so somebody asked me to go by their kid's kindergarten class. But the best thing that, that Gary Kubiak did for us, he said, look, we, we had our meeting the next day, said congratulations, and I'm going to give you the next two days off, figure out the tickets, figure out all that crap, because when you come back, I need you for 12 days. And, hell, I'll party with you after that. And he was right. So some teams go right away into pregame or into the game plan and then have those conversations. 
you know, that's where it's going to be really interesting to see how Nick Sirianni does things because Andy Reid and the Chiefs, they know what to do here, right? This is their third time with Patrick Mahomes in a Super Bowl. So they know the schedule and they know how to practice red zone twice when you're there at the facility because then when you get there, Matt, I mean, I met the first day I was in Santa Clara, I met Miss, Miss Universe. I met Snoop Dogg. You know, I mean, it's just things really? that happen. And you're like, what the hell is going on here? <laughs> Which one was more exciting, Miss Universe or Snoop Dogg? Snoop Dogg. Come on, Matt. I mean, you're talking about Snoop a loop with his little hat, man. And I said, oh, what's up, Snoop? And, and I had my jersey on. He goes, what's up, 6'8? I was like, oh, my God. You know, it's just so cool. And, and um, But there's just so much that happens the week that you're there that's totally away from football. I mean, you guys practice, but. It's just, you know, after practice, you have a 30-minute media session. Your meetings are in different rooms, so it's a little different once you get there. But this week is awesomely terrifying for players because they're now realizing, you know, who's going to come to the Super Bowl, who's not. You know, they're $1,800 tickets, Matt. Who do you love? Okay? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So okay. it's oh, wait, a lot wait, wait. that happens, and a lot that happens quick. Ryan, I have so many follow-ups to this. First, do you think Snoop Dogg actually knew your name or was just clever by saying 6'8"? Clever. He saw the he saw the jersey, man, and yeah, that, I didn't care. He called me. No, of course you want. not. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> it's Snoop Dogg. I'm talking of, to him. Of course. Second question: Did you just drop a little old school reference there by saying Snoop a Loop and the little hat? Come Did on. you just do a little Will Ferrell? Come on, little Will Ferrell, man. Makes everybody <laughs> makes everybody get it. You know, whether you like Snoop or not, you know, you know him from uh, from old school. So we got to make sure everybody's included. Absolutely. Later on, you and I can go streaking. That'll be disgusting for at least fifty percent of it. <laughs> I'm done. Um, and then, uh, and and then the other one. Do you remember? Was there one person in particular that really upset you when they asked you for tickets to the Super Bowl? Yeah, it was somebody I hadn't talked to for five years, and they wanted. Oh, tickets. what a loser! <laughs> that is just you know, who has just, the dignity. Just, oh. People are ridiculous, you know, and. Um, <laughs> And, and you know, I, I didn't even, I, we had two kids at the time, Matt. I didn't bring my kids. So my kid was two, one of them was two, and one of them was eight months. I'm like, they're not going to remember this. I'm not spending no. three, th- three grand on them. Like, no way. But yeah, uh, exactly. my uncles were, were a little upset because I didn't pay for six uncles to come because it's not, Matt, just about the $1,800 ticket. And now you're responsible for, well, well, where are we staying? I don't know. Okay, I'll get you your team hotel. All right, well, when do we see you? None oh, of that matters. God. So the biggest key for all the players playing in Super Bowl Sunday from here until then, recognize distractions, get them out of the way, and get that stuff done. Absolutely. All right. God, I could go more on this, but I need to ask you of the news of the day. When I heard about the deal to bring in um, to bring Sean Payton and and and, the, and they and Denver to give up a first and a second round pick, and we've seen this happen. Usually, teams that give up picks to get coaches, it works out. Mike Holmgren got Seattle to a Super Bowl. Belichick went to the Patriots. You know, there's a lot of these examples, uh, a lot of these examples out there. And I, I I don't mean for this to be harsh, but when it all breaks down to for me is this feels like a bit of an indictment on Russell Wilson. Because all I heard yesterday was Sean Payton, his job is to fix Russell Wilson. Fix Russell Wilson. If I'm Russell Wilson and I'm consuming this news, I don't think I'm exactly thrilled. It's not that I'm upset at Sean Payton, but the fact that that's what the narrative is. Well, also, though, Russell Wilson called Sean Payton earlier before the, before he was signed and, and talked to him and, and had a long phone conversation with him. And, and Russell Wilson himself has said, look, I have to be better. I know that, and I'm working on that. So the biggest key, though, Matt, is what they say when they mean, hey, Sean Payton has to fix 
Russell Wilson. I mean, talking to multiple people in the building, Russell Wilson just had way too much control and ultimately at the end wanted a coach. I mean, the thing that players don't tell you, we do want a coach. We want someone that sees a, sees a different perspective and pushes us beyond our capabilities. And I think he just didn't have that for the first year. And it sounds good when you're picking the plays and doing that on the field to start the season. But then when you're not getting where you want to be in the, in the division, in the playoffs, you're looking for a coach to help you out, and it's too late to go back then. So he's going to have a guy that's going to cuss him out, which all of us need sometimes, and, and that's going to help him stay focused. Not to mention whatever kind of you know, competition they bring in into that room. I mean, Matt, about five quarterbacks in the NFL don't need competition in their in their room. The other yeah. the other twenty what is it, the other twenty seven, they need it. And and Russell Wilson, unfortunately with that play last year, he's put himself in that position and he needs some competition there behind him so he knows that there's another option if he's not playing well. Ryan, we got to get you on soon. Uh, every time you leave, I'm like, damn, I, I have about ten more questions. Um, if people want to <laughs> listen to you, people want to see you, like, like uh, I always, you know, you you give so much in terms of your uh, in terms of your wisdom and perspective. Where can people Where can people find you? Uh, visit my website, RyanHarris68.com. I'm on Instagram, RyanHarris underscore sixty eight. Catch me on CBS Sports HQ. Uh, fantastic digital channel. And uh, as always, Matt, big thanks to my, my Canadian friends up there, Solomon and Dave. Hope they're staying warm up there this winter. Oh, i got to tell you, right now it's hard. We are in the dregs of it, <laughs> the dregs of it right now. But uh, but always appreciate Thank you, as always, for coming on the show today, and hopefully we can chat soon. Thanks again, Matt. Peace. Take care. That is Ryan Harris, Super Bowl 50 champ, broadcaster in Denver. And again, RyanHarris68.com. All right, we got to take a break. On the other side, we do it each and every Wednesday. It will be this or that. And then at 3 o'clock, multiple gold, multiple world hockey champion. It is Marie-Philippe Poulin will be joining us at Hell to the yes. That's what's coming up the next half hour right here on Gameplay. This is Gameplay on TSN 1050. See, that's a cool G, Daddy on. You gotta let it ride. Embrace the odds. I want winners. Oh, my, please don't make me choose between my man and my God because you just can't win. There you go again. Always taking someone else's side. Flanders, the water department, God. Welcome back, everyone. This is Gameplay. I'm your host, Matthew Cause. A reminder that we will be having Marie-Philippe Blanc is going to join us at 3 o'clock. She of the supplier of so much of our Canadian sports happy. But we do this each every Wednesday. It's time for This or That with producer Nick. Nick, what do you got? All right, Maddie. Well, we're going to start off with... Well, a Toronto-based question for you. Both the Leafs and the Raps are in action tonight, and both are underdogs, a very rare sight for the blue and white of Toronto. So, would you, this or that, I guess it's kind of would you rather, I'm going to frame it that way. Would you rather take the underdog Raps at plus 126 or go with the underdog Leafs at plus 112 if you're betting? If I'm betting, I'm going with plus 126 because of the quality of competition. So I'm going with the Raptors. Yes, it's been a very nice run by Utah, but I wouldn't be shocked if, you know, they're slowly going to 
do some little moves where, oh, let's give this young guy some more minutes. And you know what? Let's play this guy and, and rest the veterans. Uh, so I'm going to go with Utah. I think with Boston, they want to, like every team, you want to end on a high note. The three-game losing streak, a lot of that had to do with just, you know, tough teams and also played three nights and played three games in like four nights. They're rested. I think the Bruins have a better chance of winning than the Jazz. So give me the Raptors. I tend to agree with you, so I'm, I'm backing you on that one, Matt. Well done. No. Uh, yesterday in the NFL, we'll get into the Tom Brady stuff after, but I want to start with this. Two yeah. quarterbacks, or not quarterbacks, two coaches were signed by respective yep. teams in Sean Payton and D'Amico Ryans, both for over five years reportedly on their contracts. Mm. Which one is going to last longer? with their new team. Uh, this one's easy. It is Sean Payton, and that's nothing against D'Amico Ryans, who, you know, when you read everything about him, like, this is a great story. This was a guy, when he retired, he took on just like, nope, I'm going to be a linebacker's coach. Grinded his way up. His players love him. The problem, he's going to a place in the Houston Texans that is absolutely dysfunctional. Three coaches in the last 46 games. Romeo Cornell replaced Bill O'Brien. That was replaced by David Cully. That was replaced by Lovey Smith. So give me Sean Payton and at least a smarter organization in the Denver Broncos. See, it's funny. I'm actually leaning the other way because of some of the reasons that you just said. And the one big one is that the Texans have had three coaches in the last four years. They need some stability. D'Amico Ryan seems to be that kind of coach. And if it doesn't work for Peyton in, in Denverland, what, what's to say he doesn't just retire and go back to broadcasting? Like, he he's literally ha- like, he has an out. He has an out, but he's getting about like 18 to $20 million a year. Right. How about this? How about this? You see, I agree with you. Houston's not going to want to fire Ryan after one year. But maybe they fire him after two years. Ooh. Meanwhile, Sean Payton survives three in Denver, and then I am proven correct. Okay, you know what? I, I see what you're saying. I actually think yeah. D'Amico Ryan's going to have a lot of success in Houston. So do I. I, so. I, I, I think this guy's going to be great. Yeah, so I'm hoping that he can continue this down the line, yeah. and hopefully we can see more from him. All right, going to get into the Tom Brady conversation. You've, you've been sure. praising the greatest of all time. And we've seen it Hard in enough. other. We've seen it in another sport where the rules were bent for the Hall of Fame. One Wayne Gretzky to be inducted the year after he retired. So this or that, the NFL will break the rule and induct Brady early, or they will make him wait all five years. They'll make him wait all five years. Um, the NFL, fairly conservative league, and I'm not saying that as a negative. But I, uh, I think they make him wait five years. He is the greatest of all time. But Montana, Elway, uh, Unitas, Manning, Favre, all of them had to do the waiting. It'll be the five years. By the way, how great will that class be now with Brady and Watt going in together? Ooh, that is a good that <laughs> And is anyone a good one. who might sneak out of one of the ones coming up? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, that could be an incredible, incredible draft class. All right, yep. Matt. Our next guest, Marie-Philippe Poulin, one yep. of the golden goal, I mean greats, of Canada hockey. So, this or that, Matt. Golden goal Crosby 
or Golden Goal, Marie-Philippe Marie Poulin? Oh, this is a tough one. Um, like, are we talking about, like, Crosby of 2010 and then Philippe Poulin in 2014? Yes. The two, the uh, two more, the, the most iconic for yeah. each of them. Sorry, I the most said. iconic ones. Yeah, yeah. The Sochi in 2014. I'm gonna go with Crosby because it was, it was the first one, and because it was in Canada, which kind of gives it just a slight notch above uh, happening in Sochi. So I will give a close one to Crosby, uh, but in terms of, in terms of just in comebacks. You find me a crazier comeback with bigger stakes than Canada being down in the United States in the gold medal game in Sochi in 2014. They're down 2 nothing with like two, three minutes left 326, to go. 326, I'm pretty 326 sure. 326 left to go. And then goal number two scored by Poulin with like under a minute. That game was nuts. But that I game was incredible. It was an yeah. incredible oh, yeah. game. And that rivalry adds to it. I mean, they were both against the States, but still, the rivalry yep. just adds to everything and uh, incredible moments, both of them. Yep. That's all I got for you, Maddie. All right. Nice work. Nice Thank work you. by you. Actually, I with... give credit to intern Adham, who has helped me with some of those. Okay. Well, um, nice, well the nice job there by you as well, Adam. Uh, by the way, really quick before we go, um, God, like I could have done an entire show today. I'll just say this about Gary Bettman. Today's the 30th anniversary of when he was hired. I have, have said that for the last, at least the last 15 years or so, being, being a commissioner of any sport, it's not just against Batman, but it's very easy as a commissioner of any of the leagues to look and go, hey, look how much money we have made. Look how much the TV revenue has gone up. The moment, and I've said this 100 times, I apologize, I'll keep it quick. The moment we got PVRs, I'm not talking about streaming, just PVR. You remember that first time you were ever able to record a program to pause a show? The moment that happened, live sports became so much more critical for advertisers because it's the the best chance that advertisers have of having eyeballs watching their commercials. It's easy to fast-forward through an episode of Big Bang Theory you don't do that as much with live sports. You like to watch them live. So then TV contracts went up and up and up. TV ratings for you know the NFL, for any sport, are always going to be fairly high, and you're going to get good engagement from the viewer. So because of that, someone like Bettman, you know, I don't want to hear about, oh, look at how much money was raised. Look how much more money. It's like that in every sport. Just look at franchise values of, organizing, of any organization. The money would have come in even if a chimpanzee was the commissioner of these leagues. But before we go, give me quick, give me the Bettman getting booed um, from probably some random draft. Here's Commissioner Gary Bettman. You can do better than that. That's more like it. 
All right, the brotherly love line was a good line, but when I think of Batman, I think of lockouts. I think of players not going to the Olympics. I'm sorry. I'm just not impressed when commissioners say, look how much money our league has made over the last 10 years. That was always going to happen because ad revenue is always going to go directed towards live sporting events. Anyway, on the other side, 2022, the Canadian Athlete of the Year, Marie-Philippe Plain, is going to be joining the show with a pretty cool product that she is teaming up with that Darren Dreger feels like he's trying to get aboard with. We'll explain in a moment right here on Gameplay. This hour of Gameplay is brought to you by FanDuel. Bet on all your favorite teams on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. 